This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. What's up, hey, y'all? It's us. Of you course. know, even though we're not in the studio, of course, the Shariah has to be the one with food for the episode. Listen, she couldn't eat me. before the episode started. I literally just walked back in with my food, like right before I dialed into this. So, Whatever. why you ain't go um, earlier in the day, Shariah? Um, because I have a job still. Okay, but you can't take a break. Hmm. That requires me to stay logged in longer, so, nah. Oh, child. Well, anyway, we are the new kids. <laughs> what up, though? Yes, we are. And right, this is ready, episode... Man? Uh, sure. What, ready, what I'm ready for? A question. Oh, go ahead. All right. Question of the day. I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Jermaine is going first. Oh my God. <laughs> what is one talent that you wish you had? I wish I could draw. Like hmm. I would I want to draw um because of course I write. I think it would be cool to, you know, be able to partner my words with illustrations. Plus, I think people who draw are really, really dope. They are. I agree. All right. What is your talent? Mine? Yes, fool. Who, me? No, I'm just playing. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) If I had to pick a talent, I wish I could sing. And I would sing everything. Oh, God. You sing everything now. I do. So just imagine if I actually sounded good, I would really continue to sing everything. Lord Jesus, somebody come get her, please. I will gladly hand her off. Lies. You'll never find another friend like me. Mm, You know what? I think I can live with that. (laughs) I expected you to say that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. We'd be the ones closest to you. That'd be some haters. That's cool. Uh, yeah, all right. You ain't going nowhere. Yes, I am. I'm packing my things. I'm about to be like that little boy on uh, Wife Swap when he packed up his suitcases. <laughs> I don't like her. She came in and tried to run everything. Who does she think she is? He was like, bacon? I can't have no bacon. It was dumb. Anyways, <clears throat> Armand, if you had to pick a talent, what would it be? Man, I would definitely let her learn know how to rap for sure, man. Having oh, bars. Um, <laughs> everybody <laughs> knows. Um, you gotta you gotta drop 16 bars, you know. Um, where you at parties, anything. Um, that's that's just really a talent I wish I had. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel the singing part. The music, the music thing is definitely where it's at. Um to get, get in the in the city. Hey, we, we can. So summer, summer around, really here for real. So I mean, 
we can make a future future track or whatever. <laughs> Let me know. I'm ready. Jermaine, you oh, trying to be the backup dancer or no? No. <laughs> she got to be the producer. Got she gotta produce. You got the beats. Oh, Lord. I got the beats. No, she got to do the cover art because she's going to know how to draw. Right. Oh, I, you I got, got yeah, you to do the cover art. art. Bet. I am Damn dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be lit. Listen, this is, look at all this talent just coming together. Supreme Network, Ranger. So I definitely forgot that I was doing this part. Which is why I told you to stop to. eating that burrito. I'm still eating my burrito. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, her, 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 cheek, her cheeks is definitely in motion right okay, now. Like, <laughs> she over there being Sandy Cheeks. And I'm like, we do this every time. <laughs> every time. Whatever. Whatever. No, I feel like y'all judging me. I don't care about y'all judging me. Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> If you would like to do a quick introduction of yourself, tell the listeners who you are, but don't go too far in because we're going to get into most of that in the interview portion. Um, so we'll give you like 30 seconds, but we're not counting. Feel free to take longer so I can eat my burrito. But yes, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Please don't give her no more time than you have to. <laughs> no, it's all good. What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Armand. Uh, I am a the founder of The Professional Plug. Uh, which is a personal development uh, company that I started uh, about a year ago. Um, I'm also a co-founder of the Cash Leaders Investment Club, so really big into the finance piece. Um, really, I'm just a guy who loves to have a great time, uh, loves to have fun, loves to network, meet people uh, like the host that we have here. Um, I'm hey. definitely a big foodie. I love to travel. Um, I love to just enjoy life and experience new things. I feel like, you know, you only get one life, so you definitely got to live it up to the fullest and just enjoy yourself. But I'm definitely thankful to be here uh, with you ladies um, on your podcast and definitely looking forward to sharing some good good things with, with your uh, fans. Yes, we appreciate you for coming on because people be talking about us saying that we don't be having dudes on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, oh, man. You know, shout out to you for, you know, being a guest today. Appreciate it. Got to stand up for the brothers out there, man. We got to we got to do better. The crazy part that always shocks me is like our top episode is that guy talk episode. I'm like, what? Yes. And Lord <laughs> Jesus, it I, man, I don't even remember. That was yeah, no, oh. Hey, that was a is raw, raw talk. <laughs> I mean, there was so much happening. Hey, but what's what's happening is what people want for real. So hey, can't can't that knock is very it. True, that is true. But yeah, no. <laughs> man, how many bites you got left, man? <laughs> okay, because she's not, not that many. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm like, little, man, you got a chip, you got a chipotle, you got a chipotle burrito over there. What's going on? Doba. Okay, Qdoba. Okay, you got the yeah. the good queso. Good case, though, yes. Please Sorry, do not please encourage her shenanigans. <laughs> Why are you hating me? <laughs> she, she got good taste. That's all that matters, though. Oh, Period. See? Finally, somebody to encourage me and not be a hater. Anywho, so it's time for the business plan stands where we give you our business advice and uh, take a look at your projects. So, Germany, do you have any this episode? No, I don't have any of this episode. I think people been asleep because they at home. 
They don't really, you know, <laughs> have anything to contribute. They just chill us. I don't have anything this episode. I have one. Okay. Um, because I tend to like stalk my friends and be like, give me a business idea or I'm not going to be a friend. Of All me. right, shoot. Let's go. So it worked out in my favor this time. Uh, one of my friends is interested in starting a, um, a doula business. Okay. Um, centered okay. around um, African-American women. Or, yeah, African-American women. So um, this person is currently um, pursuing her bachelor's degree. Um, and this is the plan if she um, or when she continues with her master's. So um, me personally, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think there's so many um, times when black women are not heard, especially du- during childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah, it's a, a good idea to have a, a black woman kind of guiding you through that. Like, and when I think about it, I always think about Serena Williams. Like we almost lost my good yeah. because people weren't. Okay. Listen. And mm-hmm. I would have hate, hated to have to turn that hospital upside Listen. down, but you know. You know what? She would have threw them herself with how strong she is, though. So <laughs> exactly. that would have been no problem. Because this is this is just a mess. But I think that that's um, I think it's a great idea, um, especially uh, for someone that's young and um, has been doing this for a while. She works in labor and delivery now. So um, okay. I think it's a good idea. I would absolutely take it on as a project. Um. Yeah, that's all I got for that. I think it's thoughts, a good man? idea as well. Um, you yeah, that's know, dope. from a historical context, doulas have, you know, always existed and I think that it's an, it's an important ancestral link for us. Um, but from like a medical standpoint, I think it's also a great opportunity because what we've been finding with our generation is that we don't necessarily want to follow the traditional route. So this gives people the opportunity to not only engage in using the service, but also people who are, um, you know, medically trained, but they don't want to follow the traditional route of, you know, being a doctor or being an RN or some, you know, form of medical professional within like the hospital setting. Um, and I actually know a doula um, in New York City. I actually I believe they've moved to Philly now, but. It's a very interesting profession. I think it's something that's definitely needed and something that people will, um, you know, gravitate towards and engage with. And like you brought up Serena, I think we're starting to see a lot more stories, even though we knew, you know, we've known that um, medical injustice has been happening for black women. But I think that now that more people are starting to talk about it, more people are paying attention. I agree. <clears throat> Especially when it's... And I think... Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, just even from a a black man's perspective, just kind of learning about how doulas work, um, just when you're in that situation where there's a lot going on, you know, you got to be there for your your wife, girlfriend, significant other, whatever. Um, you, you have a lot that's going on in yourself mentally. So having somebody who's there who knows exactly what needs to go on, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that the baby is delivered, you know, safe and also yeah. that... You know, you're, the woman is, you know, safe is a big thing. And I think a lot of things that I've seen, like just like the different positions of how, you know, women can be to have more of an effective birth, you know, from squatting, you know, in the pool, you know, just to make sure the cells, you know, 
um, from the fallopian tube are still, you know, intact. Um, because, you know, they, there's been like all them type of rumors about, you know, using the, the cells for all types of things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm really a big, big proponent of just making sure that women are, you know, safe and that they have the protection they need. Because obviously we know that that's not the case um, in a lot of areas, especially when it comes to childbirth. Yeah, for sure. Well, <clears throat> I think this is a, a great idea. It's lit. Um and Low key, I you just know hope what? That she... Shariah, when I, as I'm thinking about like the business plan stands, I don't think I don't think our friends are going to give us any bad ideas because I think they low key scared too. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I can agree because it's been plenty of times they know I've been we're going to be like, like, baby, this baby. is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait hey, to tell them to come correct. I know I'm a fan of pink slipping folks, so I'm waiting for somebody to to ask something like that. Oh, Armand, trust me. Like, there have been many a times I'm like, Shariah, we cannot (laughs) pink slip this person just yet. We have to. You sending people to the principal's office. I actually am. She is ready to pull the plug. I plug it in, she pull it right back out. She'd be like, nope. But in all fairness, I have not been wrong about pulling the plug on anybody thus far. Hey, hey you need some friends who could pull the plug, though. You know, you got to know when, when, when stuff you need to be handled. <laughs> the person Listen, say one I, word I mean, and Shariah be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go. You got the quick trigger. <laughs> I really do. Man be talking me down. She be like, no, not yet. Just give them this amount of time. And I'm like, mm, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, you know, I was about to lie to y'all. I was gonna say I'm trying to get better, but you I'm not. not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> we all trying to get better. And we all, we it, all trying to get better out here. And you ain't alone. We would know. Yeah, I was definitely about to lie by mistake. Who chill I? Let me get myself together, please. So, <laughs> whatever. So now it's time for our millennial minute. Where we take an opportunity to um, give a spotlight to some of our favorite millennials. So I'm going first. Mm-hmm. Shut mm-hmm. up. Um, I'm going first, and I'm going to use this time to talk about our favorite DJ, DJ Kid McFly. Hey. Um, shout out to Kid. Um, he was on a, what was that, season two? Oh, child, now don't give me. Listen, he was on, he's been on the podcast before. He's I been on before. I'm pretty sure it was season two. He was dope. <laughs> it was fun. Um, he's definitely one of our favorites, and he's amazing. We've been rocking um, with recently. Kid for a long time. Listen, long, long time. We ain't even gonna talk about some of the nights that uh, <laughs> that we didn't party with Kid, but um, we love you. You're amazing. You're awesome. I was definitely having a blast um, the other night um, with Happy Hour virtual happy hour with Bay the blogger. So shout out to Jimmy Leswell. It was a great event. I had a great time. And yeah, that's lit. That's my millennial minute for this week. I look at you. I'm proud of you. Shut up. Cause I just thought of that before I started eating my burrito. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my millennial minute shout out is going to my sister 
AJ, also known as Ariel Johnson. For those of you who don't know, um, Ariel is the deputy director of the Detroit Office of Civil Rights, Inclusion and Opportunity. And before she became deputy director, she's the founder um, and creator of Fierce Staffing or Fierce Detroit. Um, And it is a staffing and consulting agency that helps out Detroit businesses and Detroit residents. So, of course, she's amazing. I love her. Um, Go check her out on Instagram, Ariel J. Fierce. But yes, shout out to AJ. Hey, girl. Hey, turn up. So, also, real quick, shout out to um, to Parrish. I thought it was super dope, his Instagram TV video that he did with our um, yes, I snippet saw from us. <laughs> Listen, yes. Single Come now. on. <laughs> Don't I get me that started, okay? Listen, I'm a few episodes behind. I need to catch up anyway. All right. So now it's time for what I have deemed as a fan favorite. I don't really care if it's not y'all favorite, but I think it should be. It's time for the New Kids University, mm-hmm. where you get to be a student of Professor Maindow and Professor Shy Shy, who will give you lessons. And Professor Maindow's up first. Okay, so. You know, Shariah mentioned this earlier. We participated in virtual happy hour with Bay the blogger earlier this week. And um, one of her sponsors is Antil Tequila, formerly Teak Tequila. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because they re- they recently went through a rebrand. And um, in the interview segment of virtual happy hour, Bay or Jam, as we call her, talked to... Um, the owner and founder of Antio, just to kind of go through that rebrand process. And I think it's important that people see her story because the message is you can still, you can rebrand at any time. I know a lot of people are apprehensive about rebranding now because we're in a global pandemic and all of these different things are going on, but don't be scared to, you know, shift things around or change things up if you've already done the work if you've already done the research and you are prepared to make that step do not hold yourself back because of what's going on around you because you don't know where that next step can take you and I think it's very important you know that we see stories like this because it's encouraging and um, you know it's just it's a reminder that the things we can do if we just take that risk or take that step. Um, I think a lot of people hold themselves back from being successful because they're afraid. Um, and that's, you know, never really gotten anyone anywhere. So don't be afraid to, um, you know, rebrand and shake the room. Um, and just, you know, go with what you know. And shout out to Antio Tequila. Her name is Nayana Ferguson. Um, and their website is, I believe, Antio Tequilas with an S dot com. She's a Detroit native. She formed the company with her husband. Um, and uh, she is the only black woman, well, confirmed the only black woman tequila owner in the United States. And they're still trying to confirm that it's in the world. But we're just going to say it's in the world. So shout out to black women. Period. Period, <clears throat> Pooh. Kind of, I can't wait to try it. Me, oh, you already know. Listen. I was like, ooh. 
Listen, ready, okay? Because I was really thinking, like, do I want to put this mask on and go <laughs> go to the store and give me some... Girl, listen. But yeah, she owns the company with her husband. Period, poo. Um, but yeah, she owns the company with her husband. And like, as she was talking about it, she said when she started the company, she had no knowledge of tequila. She was still working her full-time job. Um, and they were able to get it to market in like 11 months. So shout out to her. And shout out to her and her husband for this rebrand and all the wonderful things that they're about to do. They're about to introduce new flavors. And who doesn't love tequila? So, yeah. Listen, and if y'all need somebody to test it out, just hit us okay. up. We got y'all. Listen, ready. I'm down. I'm always ready for a good time, especially with tequila. <clears throat> <sighs> <laughs> Anyways, we can even record an um, a episode off of this. Tequila and oh, you already know. I'm it's in my mind. I'm ready. Listen, listen. We got our our red solo cups and everything. We lit. All right. So <laughs> for my lesson today, um, it's actually something that I've talked about in the past, but it just seems to keep coming back into my life. So I figured, you know, why not tell these people again what this is all about? So, um, I was talking to a friend recently, and we were talking about um applying for jobs and um. Just some different things that she wanted to do. And the same thing that she kept saying over and over and over again was, well, I don't have a degree. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, yes, having a degree is awesome. Yes, it does open up a little bit of doors. But I've said this before and I I will die on this hill. Experience will always outweigh a degree. Nobody really cares that you graduated from whatever college if you don't have the experience. And I say that from personal experience because I did everything backwards because uh, I didn't want to do an internship. And so I had a hard time getting experience in the field without starting off with the internships and all that good stuff. So I say all that to say, don't let not having a degree limit you from applying for these jobs. There's a lot of people that are already in these roles that don't have a degree. They don't let the job posting fool you. Just try it. The most they can say is no. Like, what's what's the alternative? You're going to be stuck in the same job. I mean, that could be the case even if you had a degree. So Very don't true. focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Make that the best and apply for these jobs because obviously there's a need for people. That's it. That's like <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Class over. Oh, wait. Let me, wait. Let me get my sound effects. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? He said, Roger that. I heard what he said. <laughs> the question is, what? God. <laughs> See if you would oh, just yeah. let me eat my burrito in peace. What that got to do with you and these sound effects, girl? <laughs> Listen, my sound effects are lit. I don't care what you say. <sighs> now, take that. All right. Now, oh man, I forgot to um, take the lightning round questions off of the um, <laughs> the outline. Dang it! Well, Jermaine, I mean, make up some new lightning round questions, girl. Girl, fuck you. <laughs> First of all, right off the top of your head. Second of all, even when we give them the questions, they don't be prepared. So it ain't like they <laughs> it ain't gonna change nothing. All right. All right, Armand, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, are you a Detroit native? No. 
And then I'm going to skip this next question. <laughs> skip the next <laughs> question. <laughs> then the third question. Oh, dang. All right. What high school did you attend? Uh, Brush High School in Cleveland. Okay. First car? Uh, 2014 Nissan Altima. Oh, you was fancy. <laughs> that was actually my first okay. car I still got now. Fancy guy. I had me at like a 1996. Oh, you was rolling early. I had a 2004 PT Cruiser. Okay. Okay. Chrysler. I know that got you around. (laughs) Okay. Listen. (laughs) Scoot, scoot. Okay. What color was it? Purple? No, it was not purple. (laughs) It was like a a beige. I am surprised it wasn't black. Hey, listen. Jermaine's whole closet is black. <laughs> everything black. Hey, it, I respect that. All black everything. Facts. So, Armand, since you're not a Detroit native, you know, really quickly tell the people where you are from. Uh, so, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I did live in Detroit for three years. I moved uh, after graduating um from Baldwin Wallace University, which is a small school in Cleveland. I relocated to Detroit in November 2015. And I recently, I moved in January of 2019. So I was up there for a quick minute, man. It was a a great time. A great time. Met some great people. (laughs) I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure it was an experience. Yes. Detroit is always an experience. (laughs) I think people sleep on Detroit, man. I, I definitely think uh, a lot of people are getting hip now. I think everybody got that perception, just what the, the news say about Detroit. But, I mean, you can't really worry about that. I've been in Detroit before anyway, so it wasn't, you know, nothing I ain't never seen before anyway. Yes, very true. All right. Sorry, y'all. I forgot again. My, my memory was bad. I was just... Sitting here waiting on Jermaine to start talking. It's definitely. <laughs> and I'm sitting here waiting on you. <laughs> and you know what, Armand? The sad thing is, we do like this is literally the format for every episode. So I do not understand. Oh, no, y'all good, man. I, I like to inform on this, man. I mean, it's real cool. I, I know uh, one of y'all questions, like y'all favorite Coney and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I was low key prepared. <laughs> oh, do you have oh, a favorite Coney? Okay, we can go back. What's your favorite Coney? Uh. So don't don't judge me. Oh lord! <laughs> but uh, no no no, it ain't gonna be bad. It ain't like one of the uh, what's it called? But uh, I say Detroit one man. That was my favorite Coney man. Every time I rocked in Detroit man, it's cra- It's a lot of stuff that go down, but <laughs> yes, you know I that's, that's you know the food gonna be good. Too. Yeah, yes, you know they always say if it's like bulletproof grass at the um, waitress's rule, you know <laughs> your food gonna be mm-hmm. great. That was the first, the first Coney I went to in Detroit, and I was like, the food was, the food was hitting. Uh, y'all turned smack, slap. <laughs> so it's all, it's all good, bruh. I, 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 I love Detroit one, man. The deadlier the hood, <laughs> the better the Coney. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you got to oh, duck bro. a little bit in the parking lot, who's going to be If fighting? they fighting. Shooting. <laughs> yes. Oh, I shooting. love a good Coney fight. I love a good Coney fight. Yes. As long as it's after I got my food. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that was the only question we skipped. 
yeah, that was it. All right. So if you want to take this time to introduce yourself a little bit further, um, we won't put a time limit on this time. Um, kind of tell us a little bit about your businesses and then we'll get into the, um, the interview. Okay. So um, I am the founder of The Professional Plug. So this is a professional development uh, company that I created in February 2019 uh, just to assist uh, professionals, white collar, blue collar um, professionals just who are seeking, you know, advanced, you know, documents re related to resumes, cover letters, uh, LinkedIn optimization, uh, personal statements uh, for graduate school, etc. Uh, just to make them more marketable uh, to universities and also companies. Um, as you know, uh, with being, you know, a black person, a black man, and also, you know, black women, we have, you know, our challenges, you know, and, you know, getting into opportunities, whether it's, you know, a quota that needs to be met or just kind of navigating a room where we're kind of the only, you know, minority that we're involved. So just really taking those experiences that people have had in previous jobs and transforming their experience on paper. Uh, so they'll be able to really uh, speak about their previous experience uh, just in previous jobs. I think a lot of people, you know, have a hard time uh, just kind of having that um, skill just to do that. So I just love to, you know, get to know people of their different backgrounds and just what their future goals are and how I could get them to be there. So I've been doing that for roughly a year. Uh, I've had a, about over 50 uh, people I've helped with resume yeah. cover letters <laughs> about in a year. Um, so it's been pretty good. And I think what I, what the reason I started this uh, was kind of just because I knew that based on like I know Shirai was saying about not having an internship. Uh, I had three internships while I was in college. Um, my major was accounting. Um, so I definitely had to get that experience, you know, working for like a, a big four accounting firm, public accounting firm. And uh, just, you know, knowing how to, you know, dress for interviews, knowing how to talk to people, you know, the little things, you know, making sure that you make eye contact, make sure you're not slouching in a chair before you you know, get up into walk into a room because there's little cues that, you know, the uh, interviewer will uh, pick up on um, just to know if you're really serious about the job. So um, that's one thing that I'm kind of really passionate about. Um, the second uh, business that I'm involved in, um, I'm the co-founder of the Cashflow News Investment Club. Uh, so this is an investment club with uh, three other people I went to school with. Uh, shout out to uh, Al, uh, Rodney and Jackie. Uh, we are a great team. Uh, actually, today we just found out that our uh, brokerage firm is uh, Caesar Operations. <laughs> so we got to find a new platform uh, to transfer all our money to. So we was uh, selling everything today and we had some a little losses because, you know, COVID, COVID been hitting everything yeah. From, yeah. from businesses, you know, jobs, and obviously the stock market um, has been hit. But we all, we kind of were preparing for that anyway. Um, just for more of a streamlined platform. So uh, we're working that out uh, today. Um, but it's, we started that about, I think, a year and a half ago. And uh, we've done really well. We've had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But really, the main thing is just the experience, just of learning so much, um, just with education and also letting the market play out for itself. And uh, we really want to, you know, encourage, you know, all people, especially our, our black people, 
to, you know, invest their money, save their money. And that cash is, you know, cash is queen. Uh, cash is king and credit is queen. Uh, we, we do value credit, uh, but we definitely know having cash on hand gives you a lot of opportunities as well. So that's a little bit about me. All right. <clears throat> so you kind of talked about this already about um, attending college. Excuse me. Sorry. I was eating my burrito. <laughs> so um, did you finish with your degree in accounting or did you change majors? So I came into uh, school as a business administration major. Uh, high mm-hmm. school, I actually was in like a vocational program, like a business program. So I kind of knew I wanted to do business and I came in, I was a business administration major. I kind of wanted to focus, you know, a little bit on a more career. Um, I took like one of them assessments, you know, just to be like, oh, you'll be good at this or whatever. So accounting, you know, was the result of that. So I was like, okay, it's lit. You know, accounting was where I was at. Um, And they have like, I took the the first uh, classes are easy for like accounting. But once you get to them intermediate joints, uh, (laughs) shit get real quick. And that's that's where you go, people. took me out the accounting game. I said, what? No, I'm cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so when people used to hear I was an accounting major, it's like, why would you do that to yourself? And I'm like, well, shoot, somebody gotta, somebody gotta look at the numbers and make sure people ain't getting finessed out here because it's, 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 it's been happening. That is very true. That is very um, true. So, um, yeah, I definitely, uh, I made made it through the intermediate uh, courses. Um, I actually, my school had a program at the time. Uh, what's called a dual degree program. And so it was pretty much three years, um, which is roughly undergrad, I guess, experience. And then the the last two years are your graduate courses. And so uh, during my junior year, um, I applied uh, to our graduate program and got in. You know, I was 20 years old, I think, you know, starting grad school. You know, it was really, really a lot um, to deal with, you know, taking classes with people who, worked at big companies and whatnot, but it's one of our bigger programs that is at the university. So Nice. <clears throat> so how did you, I know you said you kind of always had a passion for career um, services. So how did you become more interested in starting your own business and starting the professional club? So I noticed that a lot of people, um, even when I was a, t- a teenager, like I would help people kind of just like with they, you know, how, how to talk to people, uh, interview and stuff. Cause I didn't get my first job until I was 17, actually, which was really late. Um, I was, I worked at a library as a, a page, you know, so I, I learned to really just interact with a lot of people, whether helping people find, you know, books, CDs, audio, all that good stuff. And I know when I got to college, you know, um, I had, you know, the skills to, you know, kind of get into other rooms, but, um, I saw some of my peers, you know, who were coming in school and they didn't really have that, um, development. So, you know, I would look at some of their resumes and help them apply for like different scholarships on campus, uh, apply to leadership roles, um, on campus, you know, to be on exec boards and also, um, just to get like internships and jobs. So it just kind of gave me an early sense of like, all right, I can do this, you know, for free, you know, let me get you in the door. Um, hope you, uh, can tell me what your experiences are. And, you know, I got a lot of good results, man. People was like, Hey, you really good at this and maybe you should pursue it. But I kind of was, you know, and I had a lot of the stuff going on. I just wanted to help my friends for real and, you know, put them on, 
because uh, I've been put on by a lot of people. So just putting people in a better position was really what inspired me. So how do you maintain that motivation? Oh, man. So I think just honestly seeing the results of people just, you know, getting new jobs, new careers, you know, making sure that um, I know that I'm helping people. Um, I'm really big on, you know, enhancing the experience of other people. Um, and also, you know, that drives me to continue to, to go. Um, I know that sometimes it's easy to get deterred, especially with COVID going on. And business has been a little slow. I mean, but that's fine for me. I don't need to always be, you know, go, go, go all the time. Sometimes you got to take breaks and recharge um, just so you can get uh, ready for the, the, the uh, fourth quarter uh, just to make sure that, you know, you got enough uh, to go all the way. Um, like like uh, Nip said, it's not a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So you got to make sure everything is cool um, moving forward. So that's how I keep motivated. Okay. <clears throat> so I, in addition to like work and all that good stuff, I also do similar to the same thing, writing resumes and cover letters and things like that. So what is okay. your process for writing and prioritizing your client work? Okay, so first, yeah, I will have a consultation uh, with uh, the candidate just to understand their background, uh, asking them for the resume in advance, obviously, just so I can get a glance of just what I'm, you know, encountering and, you know, what I need to ask. Um, you know, having a process just of asking people, hey, what's your, what is, what is your goals? What, what's your next step that you would like to take in your career? Um, then going through different sections, you know, especially that experience, uh, which is real key. Like, all right, are you trying to transform, transfer industries? Are you trying to stay in the industry? Are you looking for a management role? Are you looking for an executive role? Um, whatnot. So it's just kind of understanding the, the the vision of the candidate, just of how where they want to go. And you kind of just, you know, you kind of like your creator, an artist of yourself, uh, just put in there you know, experience on paper. That's dope. I think it's um, really good to have those consultations beforehand. Um, I know there's a lot of services out here where you can just kind of send your resume in and it just kind of revamps it and spits out Send whatever resume comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how you do yours, but I, I think the, the the consultations are very valuable, you know, because you get that you built that personal relationship with that person. It, it shows that, you know, you're an active listener, uh, you're understanding their needs and, and wants of where they want to move next in their careers. And then a big thing is, you know, those people, you know, be like, all right, well, he'll sit down and, you know, go through your whole resume or cover letter with you. And hey, this is what he did for me. And I got a job out of it. So it's that referral aspect of the business. Yeah. You know, it's a low, it's a low, it's a low cost, you know, high earning, you know, business. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look yeah. at it. Same. I think it's, um, it's interesting. It's, it's always funny to see how, um, the resumes come in. Cause I'll be like, Oh man, um, <laughs> this yeah, is interesting. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'd be seeing some resumes. I'd be like, who you sent this to uh, somebody? <laughs> right, it'd be I'm like, like the simple stuff. Like, you didn't use spell check? All right, well. I was like, you know? Man, I, I was like, what's up with these colors? Like, you ain't supposed to be using all these colors on here. 
But hey, you know, we, we it's, it's it's unique because everything is every resume is different, so it makes it yeah. you know fun and it's, it brings more of a challenge. I think that brings the better the best out of you. Um, so I think that that really is what is part of the motivation is that you don't see the same thing every resume, which is which is actually mm-hmm. nice because it gets boring and then it's like, you know, I know what to expect. Uh, but I don't know how that is for you. I don't know if you have a niche. Do you niche a uh, career for resumes or are you more broad of anything? Nope, anything, whatever, whatever comes my way. I'm usually open to it. Um, I just prefer for them if like if they have a job in mind or like know what kind of career moves they want to make. I'll start by looking at the job postings um, so that I can make sure that their resume matches to the job postings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I recently adapted, like over the last, I'll say maybe like six months or so. Um, and it's been beneficial. It's been fun um, trying to figure out uh, how to basically make their resume stand out to these automated systems that I also absolutely hate. Um, so, yeah. Good old ATS. <laughs> Good old I, Apple yeah. tracking system. Yeah. If ATS was a person, I would fight it. <laughs> oh, period. Yeah. On, on God. Period. Because how dare you ask me to upload my resume and then you asking me all these questions that literally oh is my on my resume. Bruh, let me, man, let me tell you, man, that is the worst, the I worst life. So and, and I think that's what kind of deterred people from applying to jobs. It's like, you, you just asked me this, bruh. Exactly. <laughs> Like if your ATS is redundant, I can just imagine that the job is just a nightmare. Listen, that yeah. that is a, a good point because I've been applying for some jobs and I'll be like, y'all are irritating me in this application process. I'm going to just go ahead and sit this one out. <laughs> this obviously is not the one for me. Yeah. Or long, long job descriptions. Those, those be the worst. Oh, yeah. No. You got to scroll down. If it's more than like one paragraph, I'm usually like, yeah, I'm not reading all this. I'm gonna just I feel you. I feel it. Skim and see what works. <laughs> I, I feel like that. when it's like too long, it's like I, I took a course, I think it was Jermaine, I think it was in our Walden classes where we ha- had to write those job descriptions. Mm-hmm. Before that point in my life, I had never written a job description. So I feel like if I was able to do it and it was not extremely long, then these companies need to just do better. Well, and, uh, you know, when me working in HR, like part of the problem, I think, with companies and job descriptions is that they don't really read the description. They just take a template, you know, mm-hmm. that they get from these like third party companies and they may change up a couple of things to make it match whatever job, but they don't really read the description to make sure that it fits what the organization is really looking for. And when you just copy in and paste and it's like 12 bullet points, six paragraphs, like, is this all even really relevant to the job? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you, you got a lot of people, we got millennials, we got short attention spans. If you ain't Man. getting our attention within like the first I mean, I even be nice. The first two, three sentences, like yeah. we go bypass it, especially you having all these bullet points, like you said, 12 <laughs> bullet points. You got a whole list of skills that you're looking for. 
And it's just like, man, this this is this is not this is not good because now it looks like, all right, you're asking for all this stuff for someone to come in, and then you're looking for people who are who are experienced that they can make the easy transition into your department and team where, you know, that's a whole nother story um, on its own right, dealing with folks um, and kind of, you know, understanding, you know, hey, I have, you know, 90 days to, you know, learn all this, the core material that I need to know so I can showcase that I'm effectively doing my job well. Oh, Lord. I, man, performance review systems are also trash, but that, I feel like that's a whole nother episode. Oh, my God. Big trash. <laughs> that is an entirely different episode. Yeah, that, that's definitely a, a whole nother conversation, but a good one that needs to be had, for sure. It, I agree. It's raising my blood pressure just thinking about it. I don't you sure it's it, not though, that burrito? That I'm <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even finish the burrito, so it's not the burrito. <laughs> it's the performance review systems because thankfully I don't have to do them anymore. But in my previous role, I would have to write between 18 to 20 performance reviews um, in a matter of like a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it was it was a mess. A mess. I was about to just fail everybody because I didn't want to look at it no more. But <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> That's petty. You play with people money, girl. I know right. that's why I didn't do it, but I thought about it. <laughs> Eating her burrito, be like, he's he ain't he trash. She always on her phone. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like her. Definitely would be me. All right, so um, you did mention a little bit about your investing group. So, uh, what was your first introduction to stocks or and or investing? Yeah, so I downloaded Robinhood, which is probably just the easiest app to use um, just to kind of get your feet wet into stocks. Um, I think the first thing I invested in was ooh, probably like Coca-Cola, something real basic that, you know, was like an everyday thing. And, you know, just kind of understanding, you know, hey, I know some people have their, you know, thoughts about stock investing, whether it's like gambling or, you know. It's against it's against the religion or whatever, but I think it's a great opportunity to you know build wealth um, for yourself and your family. Um, but it definitely is a good a good thing that I think that a lot of people need more exposure to, especially our community. I would agree. Um, I like Robinhood because I don't know much about stocks, but I do use Robinhood when I do invest. I mean, it made it very easy for me to understand. So I, I, I like. It. I'm a fan of it. Yeah. So what your, go oh, ahead. That's <laughs> all you like. Yeah. My burrito. Oh no! I was just saying, like, <laughs> if for for a new investor, I mean, it it, it lays everything out for you. Um, whether you know the the 52 week high, which is the highest point of the stock, has been in the last year, 52 week low. So it kind of like gives you some components that you can kind of easily look at just to be like, all right, well, this might not be a good investment for me or, hey, this might be a company that's about to, you know, pop off. So I think it, I think it makes it easier for a new investor. So what would your advice be for someone that wants to get started in stocks during this pandemic? So I would definitely uh, leverage YouTube University. Um, I think YouTube is a wonderful platform just to 
um, learn different things, I would definitely, you know, look at, you know, how, how, what is, what is, what is your goals for investing? Um, I think everybody has different reasons of why they invest. If they want a quick return on their money, if they would like to, you know, buy and hold stocks of companies or, you know, leverage that money for long-term goals to invest in real estate um, and other, other ventures um, that I think are, are worthy cause, but I would definitely look into um, YouTube since everything right now um, is kind of on hot with libraries. And I will also look into Investopedia. I think it's a good source that has uh, definitions and terms um, that makes it really easy for someone to understand and not make it to the point where their head hurts. <laughs> so what are, what's your particular method of investing? So, yeah, so we actually my group is working on an ebook um, that's uh, the ABCs of investing. So this is going to be a starter book for people who are uh, wanting to learn terms in the stock market. Um, but for myself, um, I've been using what's called the NASDAQ dozen. So this is also a great tool for new investors um, that identifies 12 key indicators of a stock. So this would include what's called an earnings per share, which you may see is EPS. Um, you look at the revenue of a company. Uh, you look at analyst recommendations, um, their opinions based on what they think the value of the stock is currently. Uh, you'll also look at uh, previous um, history, historic you know, records just to make sure that the stock is operating you know, with a dividend, you know, so you can reinvest or pull out whatever you like. But I think that's it's an easy it's an easy tool um, that you can use. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to getting that ebook done so we can, you know, get it out to people uh, who definitely are interested in investing right now because things are af somewhat affordable, I think, at the moment. Okay, that's the, um, the good thing about now is that a lot of the stuff is at for a low price. So hmm. you can kind of get in yes. And, yes. and not worry about spending too much. I agree. And, and that's so the beauty it of it. Though. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think it's just, yeah, a good opportunity for people, you know, um, just to get their feet wet and, you know, we, we, everything's not perfect. I think everybody, you know, can, can learn you know, from mistakes just to help them to be better. Um, I know that's happened to me a lot. Um, we actually had a stock that we were invested in, I think maybe towards the end of last year, um, that was like maybe, I think $110. Um, and then today <laughs> I saw that it went up 39%. So it went up to 170 today. So we was in the group chat hurt. <laughs> <laughs> we was like, all right. Hey, I mean, that happens. Yeah, so we was just like, hey, I mean, at least we had it. So at least we got the fundamentals that, hey, we can identify good companies. But, you know, just not being so trigger happy, because I think once you see that stock going down, um, people get scared. But, you know, you lose all your, uh, your get what's called gains uh, from what you invested in. So uh, the main thing is to buy low and sell high with stocks. Um, just for anybody out there who's wants something that's very basic. So don't buy at the highest point. <laughs> <laughs> so with, um, with investing with your investing group and with, 
um, the professional plug, what are some ways that you kind of are able to let your personality come through in your work? Yeah, so I have uh, Instagram accounts um, for both of my platforms. Um, definitely kind of, you know, using our strategies into incorporating, you know, my own flair of just, you know, how I communicate with people and how to engage. I think specifically with the professional plug, obviously just, you know, I have to improve on my consistency probably with posting, but just when I do get those consultations, I really just let my personality shine just with, you know, being an active listener, um, just engaging with the, the client to make sure they feel valued and that they're not wasting their time. And also just, you really have to just understand like, Hey, it's an experience and people, you know, don't necessarily come to you just because it's the professional plug. They come to you because it's our mind because they know you and they know that you, you know, about your business and that you can get stuff done and get me to a, a, a better place. So I think, you know, just being yourself is the best thing I could say. Just, you know, using your, your God given talent just to make your work show for itself. That's what's up. I think a lot of people too are scared to let their personality come through a little bit on their work because they're not sure how people are going to receive it. And me and Shariah have talked about this too. Like you just have to make sure that you're it's consistent, you know, and that you're not sending out conflicting messages or you're not taking your personality and like attacking your, cu your customers or your client base, um, you know, through your social media and stuff like that. Cause that's where things start to get a little messy. So how has COVID and everything that's going on, how has it impacted, you know, both of your businesses? So definitely with the investment club, we, we lost a lot of, a lot of money. Um, we weren't, you know, obviously nobody prepared for this, but um, I definitely think it just kind of made me um, appreciate just kind of, okay, this is how, the downturn of a market, you know, happens. I mean, I mm -hmm. think about what in 2008, 2009, you know, I was like, what, 16, 17. So obviously understanding like the housing crisis and all that stuff. And I know Detroit was highly affected from that. Yeah. Um, but just kind of like seeing it as a kid was like, all right, I don't, okay. Don't really know what's kind of going on. I know kind of what's going on based on my, uh, history classes but now being an adult it's like damn this shit affected me now like <laughs> I'm losing bread and stuff so I see how my parents was feeling back when I was a high yeah. school and stuff like that but uh, I would definitely say it's been a great a great lesson for my investment club and a great opportunity just for us to learn and grow with one another um, just to know that hey like this is the opportunity to that people get rich you know during these downturns and so we got to take advantage of it. I would say with the professional plug, I would say I think a lot of people are a little weary of applying to jobs right now. I think just for the fact of security, which I personally understand with my day to day job as an auditor, um, I mm -hmm. think, you know, a lot of people are, you know, just like, oh, my gosh, people aren't going to want to hire people. And that's not the case. Like people are always, you know, looking for, you know, help in certain areas and it, it could be a company that hey you might have to take a job that you might not like but it might be a company that hey if you stay in this role for a year and you connect with the right person you know you can advance rather relatively quickly in that that company and get the role that you want so 
Um, I think just a lot of people are a little scared, but the people that I have had, I think, you know, are more the essential workers. You know, I've, I've really gotten a lot of uh, healthcare um, professionals who have assisted me. And I think healthcare is probably the best industry that I've had the most success in um, just with nurses, doctors, um, yeah. EG techs and whatnot. And so that was kind of an area that I was thinking of being a niche uh, resume creator for, because I feel like that's always going to be a market for, you Absolutely. know, nurses and hospitals. And I think it's actually one of the better is one of the more uh, entertaining, you know, industries because you kind of learn, okay, this person does this, this, and this, and you kind of have to learn how do you show your personality through your job that people yeah. trust you, that people, you know, can rely on you and people can communicate with you because right now with COVID, you know, people got to be like, man, I hope this person, you know, ain't got an attitude and patience is really the main thing. So you just yeah, got to make healthcare. There are so many facets of healthcare. Like it's not just doctors and nurses. You can go in so many different fields and your skills can be utilized in so many different ways too. But yeah, I think I, I think I saw uh, in Detroit too, like there was a video that was on like, I think Twitter or something. And I think a lady, I think she was at LPN. I'm not sure, but she was at like a McDonald's or something. I guess like somebody at the window said like, oh, you're not an essential worker. And like, oh, girl went off. Like she's like, uh, I might not be a RN or whatever, but I'm an LPN and I'm, you know, a leader of my team and I'm dealing with people, you know, to get like free food or something. So she was like, you know, I do deserve this and stuff like that. And she just like told him, like, you can't discriminate because I'm not in yeah. this, I have this job title and stuff like that. And you don't want it to be a situation where you might need somebody help <laughs> at a point in time. And that person remember who you were and they'd be like, ah, I don't know, buddy. <laughs> so you just got to remember how, how you, uh, how you uh, treat people, man, because that's really ultimately at the end of the day, man, if people remember you for a bad experience, they're not going to want to rock with you at all. So, yeah, Just that's very true. That in mind. So kind of speaking on um, COVID-19, I was actually reading about this situation the other day and I want to get your thoughts on it. So it has to do with stocks and investing. And I believe there are um, like four or five politicians right now who are. Um, being questioned by the U.S. Justice Department because right before everything started, like before we started getting into, you know, the lockdowns and all the emergency protocol and stuff like that, these um, politicians basically participated in insider trading. Mm -hmm. um, and so they got information from spouses or other committees that they sit on and Based on the information that they had, they dumped all their socks. They sold stuff off. Um, I think one senator sold like 1.7 million in stocks. Um, and so with these situations, because of course, insider trading is not something that's new, you know, it, it, I feel like this comes up in our society, like every couple of years or so, somebody big is getting in trouble for it. What do, what do you think um, should be the course of action? Because some people are saying, no, these people should resign or um, like they should give up some of their money or something like that. Like, what do you think is 
or a recommended course of action when people participate in like insider trading as a consequence? I mean, I definitely think insider trading is definitely against the law. First off, uh, you're not supposed to do it. So I definitely think that these people should go to jail. Like you, a public servant of the people and, you know, you already got deals with corporations who coming in, you know, wanting to support you and you taking advantage of their information that, hey, okay, uh, Michael, uh, just for example, I think uh, Warren Buffett, you know, Berkshire Hathaway was like, yeah. hey, we about to sell all our shit. <laughs> now, everything going low and we uh, tell you, t- uh, my one of our CEOs or CFO tell his, his wife, hey, you got the sell. You know, you ain't at liberty to talk about that, like to sell your your shares and stuff yeah. like that. That's really a, a high sensitive thing. And people can see like, oh, how did you know to sell that? Um, so I definitely think like people should definitely go to jail for that, man, because it's like at the end of the day, you have to uh, keep the integrity of the company. Like if, you know, that person, you know, needs to you, you can kind of say, hey, I think, you know, just look at the stock, you know, just to make sure you're uh, kept abreast on, you know, press releases of the companies and whatnot. But politicians get away with so much shit, man. It's really it's really fucking yeah. frustrating at times um, that they have like, you know, leverage. They leverage their position for bad and, you know, they're public service and they they just need to be held accountable for it, man. Yeah, as I was reading through it, I I think it's like three Republican politicians and one Democrat. And it's just, it's crazy how much stuff politicians get away with in our country. Like they just be doing whatever they want. Yeah. And I, I mean, my personal beliefs, man, like I, the, I know everybody be like, oh, Democrat, Republican. Like for me, like at the end of the day, like all them people, you know, got money. So it doesn't matter, you know, in their eyes of how they obtain it. Like they just want your vote. And obviously, you know, Republicans is wild. You know, obviously we got Cheeto, Cheeto guy in the office. (laughs) He's doing a lot right now. Um, But just kind of like understand like the political like uh, history, you know, just with like, you know, black people didn't used to vote for Democrats at a point in time way back. You know, their values were flipped um, around, I think, like the 20s or 30s, some some early time. But um it's kind of like now, you know, you do encounter a lot of a lot of black people now who do kind of have like conservative views. And, and a lot yeah. of people don't really think that a lot of people think like that um, as like the Democrats, you know, they they don't had the black vote for 50 years, but they ain't done shit uh, for yeah. us. So I think it's just a lot of people just really waking up and think really thinking for themselves instead of relying on them to, you know, give give you life. Um, but yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. I'm related. I'm so glad I turned my FaceTime off because as I'm sitting on my computer, somebody is literally trying to FaceTime me. But anyway. Because <laughs> you popping, man. I don't know. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Anyway. So as, a, you know, you have your own business um, and, you know, you're actively, you, you actively have a day job as well. But what do you think some ways are some ways that people can support like small business owners or, um, you know, just business owners in general during this pandemic that are outside of the realm of like financial? Um, I think, you know, people can ask people like, hey, 
I see that you have, you know, engagement on your social media page. Um, you know, would you like me to market for you? Because um, everybody knows social media is free marketing, um, just in support. Um, you can also like if it's not necessarily fi- if it is financial, you can people have gift cards um, that right. you can buy for people. Because I know that a lot of companies um, are asking, you know, people to buy gift cards to uh, pay their employees, you know, like their health care premiums and things like that. But um, just kind of just being a, a, a helping hand at this time, you know, patronizing, you know, with uh, if you do want to buy but also i think the marketing piece is really good as well as you know hey um how can i help um you at this time because i know it's really hard for small business owners to small business owners to get their work out there um and if people aren't buying you know hey you can be like you know we can you know do a ig live to showcase your business or hey i can you know get you in touch with some people who I think would be good for you at the moment. Mm. Um, but I just think people have to learn how to adapt and support people. I think that's just a social media thing in general anyway. But yeah. I definitely think that, you know, market marketing for your friend, like if your friend, you know, your friend got a business and you know, they going on hard times, you know, share their stuff. Like stop being stingy, <laughs> treating, treating, treating likes like they money. Like this ain't no money, bro. Like help your friend and stop being Stop being a hater. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that, you know, that idea of networking across, sharing information, putting somebody on. If you can't like, if you, you know, you can't buy nothing, you can tell somebody, you can refer people. Um, there are, there are a lot of ways to get that buzz out there and make sure it's, you know, consistent. Yes. I think that's a big key. Just help help spread the good the good work that your people are doing you know to help the community because small businesses make up the majority of this country and we can't yeah. survive without small business so people you know need to you know help help out help out very true so during this time you know what are your plans for making sure that your brand stays relevant uh definitely first um getting more of a consistent strategy for developing on social media. I think having, you know, content for at least like the professional plug, I could say that I'll, you know, bring a HR topic up in a post. Like for example, um, recently I believe that uh, menstruation products uh, were approved yes. HS uh, health service account uh, that women, you know, can use their uh, HSA money. Um, to purchase those products, which I think is, you know, a big win for women, you know, who need those products, you know, and obviously, you know, people trying to control that stuff. But, you know, having a a, a post about that, you know, especially from a black man is like, wow, whoa, he's, you know, abreast about, you know, menstruation stuff like oh, that, but, you know, yeah. but I think, you know, in that industry as well, I think, you know, women are more inclined to take their professional development more seriously than men. And I think that that's kind of a little bit unfortunate um, situation. So I think it's kind of like a unicorn in a way that I'm in this industry. But I also think that, hey, dropping, you know, testimonials of my clients uh, who have spoken well about me, um, I think is really mm-hmm. good. Um, and also just, you know, introducing myself periodically just to say, hey, 
I'm Armand, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm about because it's kind of like strategic um, marketing uh, just to put a name to a face uh, with your product. And also that you, you're, you're the, you're the real reason that people are experiencing great things. That's what's up. Yeah. I think, you know, having that touch or having that um, like ear to what's going on is important because it shows clients, current clients and potential clients that, you know, you're staying relevant or you're aware of, you know, society and things that are changing. Yes, agreed. 100%. So as like a, you know, a resume professional, when outside of like COVID-19, like let's imagine that we are not currently in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. When do you think is a good time for people to seek new employment? Like is, or is there even a good time? Like, should people, you know, do it this month versus this month or this time of the year versus that time of the year? Well, I think it all depends. Um, I definitely think that I would say more people get promoted um, between the months of April and Ju July uh, during okay. the um, second and third quarter, I think, of the year. Um, I will say that for my company specifically, I know a lot of people get promoted in January. So this was a little different. Um, and some companies promote, you know, throughout the year based on their, you know, policy and procedures. Um, but I definitely say applying to jobs, um, companies create their budgets for the next year. So I would definitely say apply between definitely the third quarter if you're looking to switch companies if you can. But I would definitely say it's, it's more flexible and it depends on the industry because there are, mm -hmm. you know, target dates that people, you know, want people uh, to come in. I think, you know, for HR, they just want to make sure that their jobs are not listed for hopefully no more than 30 days <laughs> because yeah. then they feel that, okay, there's not enough interest or there's not the candidate that we feel that fits this role. And sometimes a lot of companies post jobs just to, you know, say, hey, we met our the standard of posting a job. However, mm -hmm. they already have the internal candidate in mind that they would like to promote. Yeah, I've seen that happen a lot. And then there are some jobs that just like for my company, like we're always hiring for medical assistance. Like there's always a need no matter what time of year. Yeah. It's, that job is just going to be something that's consistently needed. Yeah. So it just all depends on the role. I think, you know, healthcare is always hiring. Um, if it's like yeah. an architect or something, you know, you might have to apply at uh, the September or something like that when they're, <laughs> you know, rolling out plans and stuff usually. So, and have more, you know, weather, better weather and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. So, with the businesses that you have, um, you know, have you come across any challenges, especially with um, the cash lineals as a group? You know, I know that you mentioned you all were friends. Has there like working as a team? Have you all encountered any challenges making sure that everyone is heard or, you know, just some other things that have come up? And if you have, you know, how have you overcome them? Yeah. So, um 
we are friends. I think all of us are, you know, we're all accounting majors. So we all think of finance, you know, in our way. Um, two of us currently live in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, one person lives in Cleveland and we have another member who's in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. So we have three, three males and one woman. So I think sometimes, you know, you know, we have to make sure that we're listening to our, you know, uh, the woman mm -hmm. just to make sure, you know, her voice is heard and whatnot. And we, we're pretty, you know, we're friends. So we value opinions and stuff. She's very educated and accomplished in her own right. Um, so we definitely value her opinion. But I would definitely say um, if we, you know, are presenting stocks and we have, you know, questions about, well, you know, what's going on with this company? What's this news that's going on? And, you know, we have to, you know, defend, you know, our our company and why we should invest money. Um, that'll be a little bit of a challenge at times. Um, good, good dialogue amongst the, 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 the gallery. But um, I would definitely say um, just kind of, you know, everybody being on the same page. We have a lot of projects going on. So just trying to keep people like motivated and engaged during this time, because it's like another thing on top of your, your day job and your mental health that you're trying to, you know, maintain during COVID-19. Yeah. So, cause I know it's, it's been hard for me, you know, sometimes you got some days you got it, some days you don't, but, um, you just got to use your energy, you know, when you got it, you know, after that nine to five, your know, six to 10 is your time, um, just to yeah. make your, your business and anything that you want to do outside of work to make sure your, your personal interests are fulfilled. So what's your overall goal? Um, you know, for the professional plug and for the cash you like what's what's the big dream? So I would say with the professional plug, uh, I would definitely like to uh, mark uh, develop a um, financial component to it, um, doing bookkeeping for small businesses, because I do think that some small businesses have a lot of trouble with, you know, finding good bookkeepers as well as just doing it on their own right. I would like to go into uh, consulting and maybe adding a auditing component to that business uh, just to build it out as like a really comprehensive like business structure that does, you know, focus um, work in certain areas to enhance, you know, businesses from a people standpoint, a process mm -hmm. standpoint, as well as a efficiency uh, standpoint uh, with engaging yeah. customers um, and uh, part of my professional blog I didn't mention um, for every resume I do um, I do a free resume for um, rehabilitated professionals uh, so that means people hmm. who have been in jail um, who need a second chance or people who struggle with alcohol abuse and drug abuse uh, which really kind of makes me set apart because I know there's a lot of people who are doing a resume businesses and stuff like that and I feel that you know my motto is that when you help me you help others and I think you know that's really important uh, with us moving forward especially with you know the incarceration rate with black people so that's pretty much the professional plug I would definitely say with the cash lineals I think ultimately our goal is to to use our money to buy a property um, so we can have that cash okay. flow coming in um, for our group um, we definitely want to find that uh, growth stock. I think that's really hard right now, but that's okay. But I definitely think we want to get into real estate um, just to invest our money as well as, you know, if there's like any events that we would love to be sponsors for. Um, I know, for example, we had an opportunity um, here in Columbus 
um, to sponsor uh, a group called Keys to Black Wealth. Um, they had Romeo Miller uh, come and be a speaker. Um, and he did a wonderful job. It was a dope event. Um, I just think right now our money, you know, we kind of have it locked in. Um, but it would have been a great opportunity to be a sponsor, you know, for events like that. So we're also, you know, open to different opportunities just to grow our brand, you know, expand, you know, our network and make sure that we're, you know, bringing value uh, to others. That's what's up. So, you know, as millennials, we're coming to this age where it's like, okay, we're adults. You know, we're realizing that we right. can make an, a man, I, I was talking to my mom earlier today, like, oh my God, I'm an adult. I don't like this. But anyway, it's very, Damn. I would not recommend it. What are okay. bills? <laughs> Let me out. But, you know, we're recognizing that we can start or that we have an opportunity to make a substantial impact on the world around us. So when you think about that, where do you think the millennial generation is needed the most to shift America in the right direction? And when I say like where, you know, could be education, politics, whatever. I definitely think education is the start of everything. I think, you know, understanding people's backgrounds, understanding people's, you know, experiences, cultures would definitely be the start of things. I mean, obviously we know we, we are kind of the most disrespected group of people in the world. Um, nobody feels like everybody want to be black, but when it's time to be black, you know, everybody want to be black. Nobody want to be black. And so I just think understanding education, just the people's cultures and how people kind of, you know, feel what people value, I think is, you know, a great start to just value people. Uh, I would definitely say the second thing is just with education, just, you know, building, you know, equipping us with the, the real information that we need. Like algebra two is great and all, but I don't need that shit. And, you know the medical field or anything like that where I have to, you know, make a quick judgment to, is this person going to die or not? Um, just for survival. But I definitely think education and politics, I definitely think mm -hmm. our po uh, political system obviously is corrupt. I definitely think that, you know, there are people in, who are protecting people. Nepotism is a very big thing. I know my grandma always told me she was just like, they need to have a, uh, a cap on how how long senators can be in office, uh, just Man. so it's a rotating, you know, uh, position, um, just like corporate, you know, why you got a guy who's been a, a senator for 50 years, uh, who, you know, pretty much is out of tune of the time. So just, you know, having people who have fresh ideas or fresh perspectives and also understand, you know, different communities, you know, they're, you know, are more, you know, rights that, you know, kind of have evolved. Like, I definitely feel like civil rights has evolved from what mm -hmm. its origin was. Um, yeah, and that's a whole other sure. conversation for another day. But um, <laughs> I definitely think um, just under, education is the start of everything. And I think once people have the education, they're equipped to make moves. And I think that the millennials, we have people working a lot of degrees, you know, black women are obtaining the most degrees of any specific group of people. So shout out to the black women out there who achieving, uh, opening businesses um, at the fastest rate um, as well. So uh, we black women doing it, doing it great. But you know, the brothers got to We got to We got to do better. We got to do a lot better. <laughs> we got to support. Yeah. We got to support our women. Um, 
and make sure that, hey, their dreams are coming true as well as ours because we know they got our backs, but we ain't been showing that we got their back as much as they need it. So. See, PSA, period. Y'all heard it here. Right. Make sure Support our women. if you need to. <laughs> Support our women. They need us and we need them. Like, the, stop stop being prideful, man. We really, we, we need each other to survive and operate because. Get it together. These people is killing us. Like, yeah. That, the whole Georgia, that Georgia situation where Abdul Art. Our, our Arbery got killed by, you know, just jogging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sean Reed in Indianapolis getting, you know, shot down in, uh, from a drive drive uh, chase. A police um, chase, police yeah. Police chasing, you know, cops laughing that, oh, you ain't going to have an open casket, homie. Like, that ain't funny. Like, that shit ain't funny at all. Like, so it's just they take us as a joke. So just keep that in mind, I mean, man, moving forward. Just thinking about, you know, just thinking about Lansing and what we've seen from white people, their behavior and how they're treated by the cops versus Ferguson. Mm-hmm. You know, just, yeah. But again, OK, another topic for another day. <laughs> another topic for okay. another day. <laughs> so what is an ideal project that you would like to work on this year? Oh, man, I would definitely love to for the I would say maybe for the cash lineals for sure. I definitely would love to collaborate with some of the more uh, involved uh, black investors um, who are like doing it really well. Um, I follow a couple people. I think there's one guy actually from Detroit. His name is like mm. Beeves LLC on on Twitter, I think. But I know there are a lot of people in Detroit who are doing a lot of great things and definitely would like to connect um, just with, you know, doing something for children, I think getting kids, you okay. know, in, in stock investing early, because I think the earlier you can get people engaged and involved, I think the more, the higher the success rate will be. Um, I, I definitely love helping kids. And I would definitely say um, providing an opportunity maybe for the professional plug, just like somebody who's maybe an HR major, um, just to get them maybe some exposure to, you know, reviewing like resumes or, you know, how kind of the interview process works would be something. Um, I think that would be helpful. Good, good answers. There's actually, so um, every summer, I don't know what the format is going to be here, but um, Gail Perry Mason, she's a financial advisor here in Detroit. She does a summer camp for youth. I want to say ages like nine to 18. Um, And the focus is investing. It's called um, money camp. And they go okay. over all types of different like investment strategies. And she actually has the kids participate in like um, bag sales and stuff like that. So they can make money and then they invest in certain stock from that. That's so, dope. Yeah, it's been going on um, for at least 10 years, if not longer. And it's definitely a great experience for sure. Okay. That's, that's dope. So... Our last official question for you, and this is a question that our guests, um, some love, some hate. (laughs) We have some disclaimers before before you answer the question. So the question is, if you could switch places with someone for one week, who would it be? Now, before you answer, this person can be dead. Or a lie. 
But you don't have to be you dead. You don't have if you to be dead <laughs> if you pick this person. It could be a man. It could be a woman. It could be any time period you so choose. Um, what was what did we talk about in the last episode? Some Garnet asked us a question, and we was like, "Dang, we need to include this." I forgot what it was though. I did too. Okay, but you get it. I got it. <laughs> okay, now this question ain't as hard as it as as people probably think. But for me, um, I would probably say I don't know if y'all know who Stuart Scott is. Um, he was yes. an ESPN anchorman, so I'm a big sports fan. Um, I think you know that was my kind of dream job when I was a kid, and he was kind of the first uh, person who I kind of connected with, you know, from a sports level that kind of made it cool with like urban culture. Uh, just incorporating mm-hmm. different, you know, phrases that engage, you know, viewers. And I think he made he took ASPN to a, another level, bringing in, you know, a whole another demographic um, to enjoy sports. Um, just how he kind of just carried himself um, and how he what he stood for and how he battled, you know, cancer the last couple years of his life um, really just was an inspiring story. Um, he was definitely one of the reasons, you know, um, I wanted to, you know, pursue uh, becoming a, a man of Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, so I definitely think um, his his legacy has definitely carried on and just kind of just seeing a, the connections that he had within the sporting industry, as well as the community, um, his relationship as a dad, being a daughter uh, with da- with his daughters. Um, I'm sure, you know, he made a great impact on a lot of people. Mm. So God rest his soul. Good choice. What is a good choice? Shariah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm interested for these answers. <sighs> I actually have my person today. Mm-hmm. We're listening. I, I was prepared. Now, before I say my person, just know. Oh, God. That I'm becoming this person just so I can respond to some of the things that have been going on. So I am going to, <laughs> I can't even get it all without laughing. I'm going to be Governor Gretchen Whitmere. Girl. Oh, buff, buff, buff me. <laughs> Big Gretch, okay? <laughs> My mama been calling her Big Gretch. And when I tell you, I'm Big tired. Gretch. Big Gretch. <laughs> I'm being Big Gretch because I got a lot of stuff to say to people on her behalf. <laughs> because I just want y'all to know if it had been me and y'all decided to bring y'all asses to my house of protest, it would not have ended well. <laughs> yes. Dwight. Dwight. <laughs> I will fight all of them like I would have came out just shooting period like don't play with me you are endangering first of all yourselves because coronavirus Um, second of all her family regardless of how you feel about people and their political parties and what they have done or have not done um, that's not a reason for you to be a threat to their families or to them yeah I agree So I will get on Twitter and cuss all y'all out if I was her. So I'm going to be Big Gretch for a week. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Okay. 
Listen, I have my person ready so, this time. I'm tired of you judging my people. I know. I you that, was, that was a good one, man. Y'all gonna give her her, her white that, stick, though? Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know that. <laughs> I probably would. But <laughs> they did have a GoFundMe and everything, but she can't accept them yeah, over so a the certain money, amount of uh, money. So the money's being donated to New Era. Still a good cause. Good, good, um, good use of our money. Well, not our money because I ain't donate, mm-hmm. but you know, I ain't donate either. That's all that I said. This is foolish. <laughs> all right, main doll. Okay, who are you being? So. My choice for this episode, and I've actually been thinking about this time period a lot. Um, so I would choose Zora Neale Hurston. Um, oh, for those my of you who do not yes. know, okay. yes, Zora, um, it was a part of the Harlem Renaissance. She wrote Their Eyes Were Watching God and a bunch of other great things. Um, but just the Harlem Renaissance in general. I am fascinated with that era. I think that New York City at that time where black culture was at its mecca would have been a fabulous, um, you know, era to participate in. Because, you know, people always ask them questions or you always see those things on Twitter like like old pictures. And they're like, oh, you know, if you could time travel back in time, where would you go? And it's like, well, we ain't really got a lot of choices. So okay. <laughs> I'm not trying go to go back to far. slavery. and like civil rights era really wasn't all that great either but you know the Harlem Renaissance is always something that has stood out to me um, as one of the periods in time where um, black people were actually able to flourish and thrive and of course another one of my favorites Josephine Baker was also a part of that era so yes Zora Neale Hurston would be my choice for this episode or not that's interesting okay so um, cause I think I learned, I went to, yeah, when I was in Detroit, there was this trivia event, you know how like chicken and waffles is like known as like a Southern, a Southern dish and yeah. everything like that. But like chicken and waffles really originated from our New York city, from the Harlem Renaissance. A lot of people don't yeah. know. That. Um, just, just that tidbit out there. So just respect y'all roots, man. <laughs> yes. Know where it came from. Okay, so Armand, let the people know how they can get in touch with you if they if they want to, you know, hire you for your services, you know, learn more information about the cash lineals, all of that good stuff. Okay, so I'm on uh, Instagram uh, for the professional plug. You can it's simply the professional plug. T h e p r o f e s s i o n a l p l u g. Just my website is listed on there, um, the www.theprofessionalplug.com. Uh, if you want to schedule a consultation, you can do that on my website. Um, if you would like to learn more about finance, stock investing, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at The Cash Lineals. Uh, we're also on Facebook with The Cash Lineals. You can like our page. Um, we're also on Twitter at The Cash Lineals. Um, so definitely look forward to uh, sharing the wealth and knowledge with everybody and to Grow our, grow our wealth and get these jobs. Let's go. Yes. Hey. So we want to thank you for coming on to, you know, this episode. This has been a long time coming, but 
we finally figured it out. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're so grateful that we did. <laughs> yes. I'm um, thankful. Yes. And, you know, who I, we definitely want to work with you, um, you know, in the year and hopefully, you know, further along the line. So I'm excited for what's to come. And of course, you all can follow the new kids on social media at the new kids LLC um, on all social media platforms. Check out our website at the new kids Um, What am I missing, Shariah? We're on YouTube, New Kids University. We're still working on new content to get to y'all, um, but that's definitely coming and we're excited about that. Anything that's else, it. Shariah? No, I think that's, that's it. it. Oh, no. I lied. Uh, make sure you submit your ideas for the business plan. The business plan stands to either our social media accounts or you can email us at the new kids LLC at gmail.com. Um, if you have any ideas of guests that you would like to hear on the show, um, you can also submit that through our email. All right. Well, if that's all, the new kids are out. Bye, guys. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.